The following is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Even if I'm clean now, I still don't think I would want anything with you because you lie. <laughs> and I, no, hell no. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm about to go. So dipped and of course I was going to Chicago and I had like a week of that vacation. But I was like, where am I going now? Do I go back to Houston, whatever? But I had my flight booked to Dallas and I went to Dallas not realizing that people in Dallas are on vacation too. <laughs> so a lot of people weren't there. But one of my friends, uh, David, he was there. So he was like, yeah, you can you know, crash at my place. And you know, David had, he worked for an apartment complex and they had like a background check system. So he had me like some background checks and all sorts of shit. His record was actually clean. The only thing that I saw was I guess his family had like a financial rough patch to where they almost lost their home, but that was it. He didn't have any like criminal shit on his behalf. So I was like, okay, you know, and then mind you, I'm like, okay, since he, I can't believe nothing he's ever said, let me reach out to some friends. So I over here reaching out to people and I was like, you know, I should do this earlier because the friends willingly told me everything I needed. <laughs> like, I mean, they were taking up and I remember that last time we came to Chicago and you had to leave because you had class next day. Right after, you know, we uh, dropped off at the airport, you know, uh, we went and hung out with these other guys. You know, they had moved to spend, spend the night over there. And, you know, one time he um, asked me to get him a lift so he'd go and see this other guy. And, you know, this other time when um, uh, this guy from Atlanta came down to visit me, he was crashing his place. He said that was just his friend. But then we were going places, we'll see, you know, friend will always have his hand on his leg and stuff like that. We're like, that doesn't look too friendly. And he's just like, oh, well, don't tell Bevin. Or this other time, like, just, they just tell me all these times. And the thing is, I'm just like, I get it that y'all are not my friends, y'all are his friends, so y'all loyalty doesn't belong to me. So that's the reason why I didn't probably tell me this before. But bitch, how you gonna sit here and know all this shit <laughs> and not tell me nothing? And gonna wait until I ask you to wanna tell me. If you was gonna be quiet in the beginning, you should stay quiet. So I'm just like, I don't get it. So it's just like learning all of that with those friends. His other best friend, she was really sweet, this slim, vegan, pretty little girl. And we were supposed, that's what we're supposed to do Sapolo Classic with. And she was just like, I thought that was canceled. I said, what you mean? She was like, yeah, I canceled the Polo Classic birthday trip because, you know, Patient Zero said that you were gonna get everybody a discount on flight tickets and you couldn't come through with it. And like me and all my friends cash out to Patient Zero like a hundred bucks so we can, you know, get our tickets, but you never came through. I said, bitch, I don't work for no airline. I'm like, what? I was like, well, how? What what sense that make? <laughs> like I'm like, why y'all cash in him for me to give you some mystical deal with a flight ticket? Where am I getting this deal from? Like what? Like it's just like shit like that. Like it was just like a whole bunch of stuff that kept coming out, and I was just kind of like, okay, I'm learning all this stuff, whatever. Months later, I go to Dallas, ran into the bitch at the, in Dallas, <laughs> and I I thought I was over, but in that moment. I realized I wasn't <laughs> because I remember it's like he was trying to make like eye contact with me from across the club and I'm not doing that like we are not there and I remember like as I'm in the club or whatever he like I think he tried to walk by really close and I think I think it was some type of walk by thing that led to me kind of you know nudging him because bitch I'm gonna fight at all times but you know that's when I realized I'm not over it and then and during pandemic like almost a year after that I was over it but I was in Dallas like, I'm thinking maybe Dallas for that weekend for whatever event was going on I didn't know the nigga lived there because the next time I went to Dallas Staying at my friend's place that had this like rooftop pool. We're at the pool chilling before we go to this party. And with the pool, it had like the um, the infinity edge. So I'm leaning against the edge, like you know, just kind of taking in the scenery from downtown. And my friend had their back against the edge, looking at the apartment building. So in my peripheral, I see him like wave at somebody. So I just you know being nosy, turn around and see who he's waving at. And it's patient zero and some swim trunks with a towel and some flip flops. And when I turned to look, his ass quickly turned back around and went back in the building. And I had to like, I was like, wait, I said, is that? And he was just like, 
oh yeah, that's my friend there, whatever. I said, you know that story I told you about that lion scamming ass nigga? That's him. <laughs> like, really? He was just like, now some shit. And he started divulging all these different situations that happened that made sense to the, like why his stuff didn't add up all this shit. And he was like, yeah, he lives here. He was like, he lives in this building. And I'm like, you're from St. Louis, lived in Chicago, has no ties to Dallas. The only tie you had to Dallas was knowing that I said that when I graduated from Iowa, from school in Iowa, I was going to move to Dallas to work in my cousin's firm. And now automatically you living in Dallas. The nigga is psycho. But of course, you know, I just kind of blocked him from everything. It did take me a little while to move on just because outside of the lies, he was a fun person to interact with. Um, so of course, even though I blocked him and all that, my friends would definitely come and report all the different stuff they saw, including Bernie, you know, until he started blocking they asses too. And, and you know, um, and then after a while, I didn't want to even get any information from people reporting shit to me. I was just like, I didn't want to hear about them. And, you know, of course, after that, um, you would definitely, I would definitely like randomly see some posts of people that I do follow with him in it. Um, and uh, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, whatever. But now I'm at the point where like, I really don't even give a fuck. I could just, I mean, you know, the Christian person in me is just like, you know, you forgive. So I forgive. I don't forget. I tell you this whole motherfucking story. But, you know, I forgive. <laughs> I, moved on. I moved on and I am good. So and I definitely had to shut down banking accounts and reopen new ones, change locks, change passwords, all that. Because even though he didn't scam me, I was like, there was a lot of situations to where, what were you doing? You're sitting here saying, let me use your laptop so I can work on my essay in the living room. What essay? Why are you on my laptop? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's just like, there's just a whole bunch of like different things that I was able to make sense of after the fact. After looking back at it retrospectively and talking to different people that started to add different things, I'm like, okay, that's why he did that. Like the last example I'm gonna give when I was on his ass of trying to like make him make stuff make sense, I was like, I wanna see your office. <laughs> you know, I wanna see your office at Google. Because he told me, he was like, Yeah, you know, I got this office, picture that um that we took or whatever. I had it framed, it's on my desk, because I just like to look at you when I'm working. I'm like, oh, that's so terrible. But okay, cool. Show me your office with my picture on it, then, since this, this, this is what you got set up. And it took about 24 to 48 hours for him to send me a picture of an office with a desk with our picture on it. And me zooming in, looking like that. I don't look like no furniture, Google office, but hey, I'm, like, I'm looking like, I feel like I've never been in this Google office, but it'll probably look a little bit better than that. His friend, the vegan girl whose birthday got canceled, she was like, oh, that makes sense. She was like, around that same time, he calls me at like two o'clock in the morning telling me, can you find that picture I text you, sent it to me and all this stuff. And she's looking like, wow, I mean, you sent it to me, nigga, you should have it. She he was like, well, you know, I deleted your thread because, you know, my storage got full. No, because you was probably entertaining other niggas and didn't want them to see that I was in there. But my storage got folder send me the picture back so he literally gets the picture back go get it developed go get it framed to go to the staffing agency that he either the staffing agency or the hotel that he was working at, at the time to find somebody desk to put it on there to take a picture to send to me you're doing all of this all this work to keep up a lie when you could have put all that work into actually telling the truth and maybe finishing that last semester of school so you didn't have to scam no more but you know, we're not here no day. I moved on to mid day. I'm doing great. First of all, Bevan, we need to get we need to make sure that you have the rights to this story always so you can develop it. <laughs> this needs to be a lifetime movie, a big picture, a book oh or, like, like this wow. needs to be expanded. <laughs> I told him that. I was like, this story to me gives lifetime like you always watch these movies with like the person doesn't turn out to be who they said they were and then there's like this intense violent scene there's always an intense violent scene you can actually like you know 
mix that up a little bit, Bevin, like make a fight scene with y'all. But it was gonna happen. This is like movie material, this story. I mean, look at it. It took the whole hour. Like this is really a movie for real. Like and that was me taking out a lot of detail. That was just me just trying to get y'all the bulk of things in chronological order. But it's a lot of other shit that I'm probably leaving out that I figured out later and all that bullshit. But I mean, what I can say, it was a great learning lesson. You know, um, moving forward, you know, I know what to look for and I know what I would. Keep. I would keep the lesson of if stuff don't make sense, don't try to make it make sense. Let them make it make sense. And I also learned to not bring in that baggage to other people because I remember after him, I dated this police officer and was on that nigga ass. <laughs> and he was just kind of like, whoever you was with before me did a number on you. Because <laughs> he was just like, I feel like I need to run a background check and everything. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but run that background check because I don't trust nobody. <laughs> but either which way, you know. It, I, it, I, it, it makes sense though, because it's like when you're in those type of situations, like a part of that sits with you. When you when you go through dating somebody and you get to know them and you find out they're the exact opposite of what you've gotten to know, what you've gotten to trust, what you've gotten to feel, like that shit sticks with you. And even, even, when, even when you don't want it to like, even when you don't want to revisit certain aspects of it, different people. So like, I'm definitely like, happy and proud that like even despite this lifetime movie event that you had that you were able to reclaim your time and reclaim your energy and like literally put it in ways that you know benefited you i think like it to me to me it's crazy the same amount of time that this person put into patients are put into scamming and making this lie like he could be a great actor he should really be an actor all that time and energy that he put into filling this role in this persona like you make a great actor <laughs> he would follow his social media he's been he worked for google when we broke up he was a teacher <laughs> he was all he's done it all according to social media we put out there so it's like even though i moved on i was like you know what i will still forgive and still kind of like hope for the best maybe he figures it out he's still out there scamming because just a couple months ago somebody in houston came to me saying Hey, do you know a patient zero? And I was like, unfortunately, come some money. You ain't getting that bitch back. You ain't getting that back, bitch. <laughs> You're not getting it back. <laughs> He's still doing that shit. And so it's just like, yeah. So I mean, people they they don't learn. They don't want to learn. That's just all they know. Make their money, and that's it. So all I can do is not be crazy. Let that shit go. Move forward and reclaim my time. And 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 what's the name of this show? Taking chance and don't take no more motherfucking chances. So that's you no, know, that's it. <laughs> that I mean, it's just it's just a lot to take in. I think, and I've told Bevan this, like just knowing this story. I really, that's why I really don't trust anyone either. Like, I just feel like when I meet people, it's like, I'm always kind of like, I need to figure out who you really are. Like, cause what you're showing me could be a representative. And that's just for anyone, anything. Like, I just, that story is scarring. Like, it really is traumatizing to know and know. Cause I met Patient Zero and it's like, at the time when um, Bevan was um, dating Keisha Zero, Bevan and I were roommates. So we lived together. And it's like, kind of just scary because it's like, you know, Patient Zero could have been in our house and Patient Zero could have tried to, who knows what Patient Zero was capable yeah. of. You but know what I'm saying? Do you remember when you graduated and your friends from New York came down and stuff like that? And yeah. you were saying how your friends was like, they feel like something was sketchy about patient zero. Someone said that. Someone said that. And I can't remember who, but someone definitely said, yo, like something is off about this guy. Like, I don't know. His energy is off. Like it might've been Lex. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Honestly, I can believe it. But I know somebody said that for real. It was one of my friends. They definitely said, yo, something is off about this guy. He just rubbed me the wrong way. His vibe is off. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just, I guess, I guess looking back at it, I feel like since that was my first time experiencing a lion scamming ass nigga, 
I didn't know what the signs looked like at the time. Now I do. But in those moments, it was just like, well, maybe this or maybe that. I was trying to ignore the flags because I like this person. Like, I enjoyed this person. We had a good time, you know, all that different stuff. But I learned. The only thing <laughs> I that learned. I think was a red flag uh, for me from the outside looking in, and I told Bevin this while it was happening, was that he called you a lot. And I was just like, for somebody that has a six-figure job, works at Google, he got a lot of time to be calling you. Like, I was like, that's odd. And Bevan was like, well, I like the attention. Like, I'm glad that he's- you know, I ain't said it. <laughs> I'm glad that he wants to talk to me. Like, you know, you was happy about it. Like, to have somebody that was caring about what your day was, how your day was going. But it was kind of like weird because, again, you work at Google. You got, if you have- this prestigious position, you're not gonna have all this time. I'm telling you guys, like he was calling a lot. Like it would just be the middle of the day and he would just be calling. Me and Quentin don't call each other throughout the day. So it was like, I don't understand that. I understand it was a long distance relationship, but still boundaries, there was none in that relationship. It well, was one, if you're unemployed, you know, you got all the time. <laughs> like you got yeah. time. <laughs> and in, in addition to that, I feel like what he would also do is try to track me too. Like he would like try to like, you know, use, you know, call him so much to kind of track, like, you know, what you're doing, this and that, like kind of like, you know, whatever. Because I mean, even after the fact, like when I ended stuff or whatever, he was like still like low key, like kind of accurate about shit. And I'm just like, what do you, what is me? Did I kind of block you in a different way? Cause I'm like, this nigga is really like tracking me. So, I mean, yeah, you said you showed a red flag. Lex, you know, brought suspicions. I had the suspicions, stuff didn't add up. I didn't really dive into it because I was one, I'm busy in school, and two, it's like I didn't really have tangible proof. But when I got that proof, it took it didn't take long. Like that same day I got it. <laughs> 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 yeah. But Justin, have you had that experience where you was scammed or had something of that nature happen to you? When that was last month. (laughs) 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 Well, we'll we'll call that one patient two. (laughs) All right. So I will tell you a little story about patient two. Mind you, mind you, patient two was a referral. Okay. This is a referral. It was <laughs> so how I met patient two was I was sent to perform a service. So I will say I was sent to Don't do service. that. Cause that don't sound <laughs> good. That right. don't sound good. All right. So I, I was I was sent to breaking niggas back. <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me just add my little partner. So mind you. <laughs> The last time, the last time I was out there, you know, we were visiting one of my friends because uh, he was just saying like he was like, you know, on hard times and all sorts of stuff. You know, lost his job trying to figure it out. I remember his apartment was broken into, and he was like trying to like reclaim different stuff. You know, uh, regain like his laptop, all you know, whatever. So I'm like, you know, since he's all depressed and stuff, we got this friend, you know, named and they could probably come over here and make you feel better, you know, <laughs> but, or you know what he said. But, you know, me and my other friend, we never dated this friend. So we didn't know how he was with, you know, dating and how he treated guys. We just knew he was cool, you know. So that's why I referred. But I still apologize. Keep going. People got to apologize, Bev. But so we get, so we take Bevin and Q there. We go to meet uh, patient two. Patient um, two. You say that? Not, not this Q, the other Q. Callie Q. Yeah. Yeah. Callie Q. So after uh, Callie Q and Bev leave, you know, me and Patient 2, we're by more talking. We kind of decided we wanted to kind of get to know each other before we jumped into anything. So I was like, all right, cool, cool. So after that, me and Patient 2 started to bond. We started to hang out or whatever. And because I'm a nice guy, you know, at the time, Patient 2 wasn't working. But I'm the type of guy where if I want to go out and do something and, like, you're on my company, I'm not going to be like, oh, you got to fend for yourself and pay for your own thing. So, like, I would, like... Whenever I wanted to go places, I would take him with me. We went out to go to lunch. When I took him to the Botanical Gardens one time, like, you know, we actually did things. But, like, apparently Patient 2 was a business owner to everybody. 
he had this amazing business child patient two ain't had no damn business <laughs> patient two had a, a fucking business yeah he, he i didn't want to call it a business plan he had a business idea <laughs> it became a business plan until justin came into the picture okay let's start there but like he would just tell me just different things about like who he like what he would do in his like before he got fired he was saying how he was just going through this depressive period and like certain shit wasn't mathing because from the period of like i would say a five month period he wasn't working but i'm like rent in the bronx is expensive so i'm like i don't know how you like you don't have money to do things but also how are you living in this place start there start there so and the whole time of me getting to know him like he would just all like i will always wonder where like how is this dude paying for things so we went out to one party right and the party like mind you the party gave sus vibes like get in there right go into the house everybody's kind of like he he ha ha flirtatious with each other so there's like this common thing that there's like this this running joke that like only fans done at the apartment and i'm like you know me i want the tea i'm like um um you know like is this a real thing i kept asking about like so do y'all film over here do you film over there like do, did you have did you join this couch that i'm sitting on because do i need to move because like you know the shit happened here and it was just he he ha ha laughing or whatever so after we leave you know patient two is asking me you know how's it going this that and the third and i'm like you know it was a great vibe he's like oh did you notice that so-and-so was into you and i was like no and I'm, he's like, oh, you, you didn't really notice how so-and-so was, you know, really checking you out and doing all these things and blase, blase. And I'm like, no, because, you know, I'm just minding my business, enjoying the party. He's like, oh, well, I thought you would really take notice of that. And I'm like, well, why are you so, you know, obsessed with this particular person? I'm going to find out this him, him and this particular person had history, apparently. I'm going to find out after the fact. So there, so Q had a, Q had an event in new york that it was this one day q had an event in new york where i was like you know yeah i just got this job oh left that important piece so he had got this job not gonna say what the job is but he got this job where well he was going for an interview for this job per se you know involved my friends in it to help him you know to like help him with the interview prep called in a favor he's like oh you know i'm gonna call you know i'm gonna call you know Burnett's a referral, you know, I'm looking for her to get some prep for the interview or whatever. I found her after the fact, never really called, didn't take the link or whatever. So we get to the, we get to the event, right? I tell him, okay, so I'm coming to, to Queens for an event, but afterward, like, we'll hang out because you got the job. Like, I'll take you out, we'll celebrate because I had got my new job, let's hang out, do our thing. I was supposed to bring him stuff to prepare for the interview, you know, to prepare for the job, he was going away to do his thing. So I get to Queens. Mind you, I had a working event in Connecticut. So I'm coming from Hartford, coming all the way to Queens, get there, support Q, have a great time with Burnett and Q. I'm like, all right, coming to see you. I'm going to get you. He goes to me, oh, well, you know, actually, I'm on my way to go to Harlem. And I'm like, well, first of all, how are you getting to Harlem because you don't got no car? He's like, oh, so-and-so from the old party came and pick me up, you know, we're gonna go have a pregame at his house. So mind you, I'm like, I'm just sussy, I'm basically in the Bronx right now, coming from Queens. I'm like, so now I have to cut through into Manhattan to come and see you. Mind you, you didn't even ask me if that's what I wanted to do, you just made your own plans. So he's like, oh, well, you know, I hope it's okay. We were thinking about going out to Brooklyn. So like, now I'm annoyed in a way, cause I'm like, bruh, I done came all the way from Hartford Queens I'm driving to you now you want me to cut back to you know to get to Manhattan and then you want to go to Brooklyn mind you none of y'all have cars so who's really who's bringing out of Brooklyn so patient two completely like totally turns into a whole different person and starts blacking on me now I've never I've never known patient two to have this side he just starts blacking on me oh you know that liquor got you acting all crazy you know this is on you i don't got time to deal with this and you know and matter of fact we're never talking about this again and i'm like okay so we're never so i asked him again he's like nope we're never talking about it again i'm not dealing with this hangs with the phone on my face so i'm like all right 
Now in my head, you know, I'm, I'm reminding myself, I said, a motherfucker that don't got no job, don't have no business, ain't paid for nothing, not, not a damn thing, <laughs> we been hanging out, and then, after of it all, you barely got fucking clothes on your back to go to your fucking job. You, and you gonna you gonna hang on the phone in my face? I was just like, bro, I am too fine of an ambitious of a nigga to be bothered by this. So I'm like, you know what? No sweat off my back, right? No sweat off my back, cause you know my rent's paid for. I don't have to worry about where my rent's coming from. <laughs> I have a car, so hop in my little fine car on my fine ass up back to Connecticut. So the next day, right, I get a text message. Oh hey, you know just checking in on you like that looker had you acting all crazy you know what was up with that also do you think you can bring me the clothes and the stationary supplies for my trip tomorrow that i really desperately need no <laughs> what'd you say i ain't say shit <laughs> <laughs> i left i left that shit exactly where he left it on the dial tone <laughs> so come to find out like Oh boy blocked me. Oh boy blocked me. And then like I'm like literally seeing just different things that he would or what like just certain shit. There's certain shit about the math was making sense. Like the apartment was paid for by other people. Other people was putting money in his pocket to help him do things. The business plan, he was he would tell people. So he had the he had this front that he was he was in this business, you know making these fucking perfume bottles and he owned it and he's like parading around the people that you know he's this big person he's launching this company he does this he didn't even have a fucking product <laughs> there's no product how do you have a business and no product like i think with a with patient too like i definitely learned to just be more not and i don't want to say necessarily learn anything more so about people i think for me I learned to be more cognizant of just myself and what I bring to the table per se, because I kind of felt like with with patient two, it was more so me putting like time into the relation to make it work. Whereas like when I think about it back, like he ain't really put nothing to the table because he couldn't afford to sit at the table. (laughs) So like it just it just taught me to just be a little bit more just cognizant of myself. I think the one case that really, 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 really taught me to be more vigilant when it comes to niggas was there was actually a patient H from Houston I had encountered one time. (laughs) So with patient H, I met him and we talked for like a period, I would say like, it was like a five month period we chatted, we talked about, right? So the thing with patient H was he would always come to my place. He would never like whenever I'd be like, "Oh, I can come up to see you." He would always tell me, "Oh, you know, I have family at my place, or I have this going on, or I have that going on." So it was either we would only either meet at my place or meet at whatever place that he was going to that we were like hang out at or whatever. So I always asked him for work. He told me he was like a a teacher for some some type of shit in education that he did. We think the girl keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> so. Come, you know, come the last month um, we were talking, he kept he kept telling me about this return to Houston that he's been thinking about doing, right? He's like, I'm going to go to Houston, go back home, because, like, I have some things I want to take care of. You know, I'm going to just spend a couple of weeks and I'm going to come back to see you and hang out with you again. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, that's fine. But the way that he was talking about it, he kept putting, like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back, I'm going to come back, I'm going to come back. But I'm like, dude, like, like, you know. I could I could see if like we, we were talking for like you know a year or so, but I'm like I'm not really attached to you, so like you know you can go and do your thing and come when you come back is when you come back. He's like, nah, I just want you to know that like I'm gonna be back for you. I'm gonna come back, and I'm like, all right, that's cool. Bet I see you and get back. So we hang out one night. Then it was the the two days before he was supposed to go back home to Houston, right? So we're hanging out. We went to Fridays. That was like our thing. Happy hour at Fridays. Got drinks. Blase, blase. Came back. So he's like, when he's making all these plans, he's like, no, when I get back, you know, we're going to go. Like, let's take a drive upstate. Let's, you know, let's just do all these things. I'm like, okay, you know, that sounds great or whatever. So 
fuck around a little bit then he goes back home so he sends me this video right of his day at work and Pause real quick when you said fuck around a little bit. What did that entail? <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> what, what about the video? <laughs> I'll give I'll the details on the side, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so I get this video from him, right? And in the video, it's like his coworkers, you know, they they threw him a little party. So he's like, oh, look what my staff members did, you know, show me the video, and I mind you. I work for the feds part-time, so like I peep shit. So in the video, I see they had like a little whiteboard and it was like, oh, good luck on your move. Not, you know, oh, you know, you're coming. It, like he he basically told me it was a party because he was changing jobs. But the party was because he was actually moving back to Houston. So was, I peep. Was the move for the job or is just no he said he told me he was he was going down there just to handle some things and when in reality was they threw him a party because he quit his job to move permanently back to houston (laughs) (laughs) so i i asked him about this because you know i'm the feds and i peeped this so i'm like he's like oh look at what um my friends did you know my co-workers did for me that you know this makes this makes make me feel so good and so special and i'm like oh that's nice and great and dandy but um that's a nice whiteboard that you have in there tell me what that's about and he's like what do you mean i said that whiteboard i said it has a very interesting message on it he said what about it i said it says good luck on your move back home and he was like at first he was like that's on there and i'm like my nigga like I like I'm, I'm college educated. Don't play with me. That you know that was on there. <laughs> I know that was on there. So he's like, well, he's like, I was trying to really, you know, find the words to tell you this, and without you making it a big deal, I was like, first of all, like I just met you four months ago. I said so. Like, it would it, it ain't it ain't that difficult to tell somebody, hey, like I may be moving, but I was like. Matter of fact, like, let me just, like, so let's just get straight to it. Like, are you actually moving back home permanently or are you just visiting? He's like, yeah, well, the truth is I'm moving because I just, I don't know if Connecticut's the right place for me. And I just think that I would, you know, do better than in Houston. And I didn't want to break it. You know, I didn't want to like, you know, tell you and create, you know, this implication that I'm just some deadbeat guy and I'm going to leave you high and dry. I kind of wanted to, you know, get there, work out a little bit, and then, you know, ease it in and see if it's something that, you know, that we could really go the distance with. And I was like, I said, well, you ain't starting off on a great note, buddy. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and if I didn't read the whiteboard, you would have left me high and dry. So I don't get it. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> so he's like, you know, like, I'm sorry you found out about that with the this way. I wanted to tell you personally. I said, but as it's not in the fact that I found out about, you know, you moving in this way or that, you know, you want to break it delicate to me. I was like, you directly lied about what you were doing. And I'm like, you lied. I said, I'm not even upset at the fact that you lied because I don't know you that well for me to have like a real like deep, like, oh my God type of reaction to this. I said, I'm more upset at the fact that you lied about something so stupid. <laughs> I'm like you made a whole a whole like scenario as if like you know you wanna you wanna commit to me and get to know me more and do long distance and you're coming back to do all these things when reality is you're moving and I was like frankly I said had you would have told me the fucking truth and just been like you probably was moving I'm like I probably would have visited your ass like uh somebody that I'm talking to and vibing with they live in Houston you wanna you wanna make it work okay Let's fly back and forth. You want to make it work? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I, I still want that to be on the table. I just wanted to figure out my part. But I'm like, see, but that's what you messed up at. You made a whole story to cover your ass without factoring me in it. So do you think that maybe it was like a pride thing? Like, he probably was a little too prideful to admit it. I can't, I can't really say why he did it. Like, for me, it was like, it wasn't... But like what is what is there to be prideful? Like, okay, like I could see if if me and this guy 
had like the same amount of years that I've known you now, Bevan. I can see if like, what is it, like three, four years now? I can see if we had like that type of time in it and you lied about something like, like you, you like if you have, if we have history like that for you to feel like, damn, I really have to like, you know, I don't want to hurt his feelings. So let me tell him and make up this whole reality because like, I really like this too. And I, I care how he thinks and feels like I, to me, like, I consider that, you know, like, oh, if you're going to lie about something, like, lie to me, like, as if we have, like, time and history. Like, you don't own me shit. And I guess in that, I guess in that situation, like, I was the person that's like, my nigga, like, you don't really own me shit. Like, you don't got to lie to me. I think it's the fact that you lied to me, but you didn't, you don't owe me shit. Don't lie at all. In the beginning, huh? in the end, just don't lie at all. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. It's like. You and, and what's crazy is niggas will put more time into creating the lie, and that's the sickening thing about this 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 scam shit, right? Niggas will put more time into creating the lie, into sustaining the lie, into making the lie, trying to make the lie make sense, even when it don't make sense. They will they will put time and energy to try and make the damn lie make sense. But they just fucking be honest. <laughs> it's really crazy because this whole thing like it's nothing new like this has been happening to our parents generation it, this has been happening for from the beginning of time and i remember when i was younger my mother she had a friend who was trying online dating it was something that was kind of innovative at the time you know they came out with the show catfish and everything but uh, there was like black people meet christian um mingles something like that um and I know she had met this guy online and um, she wasn't having luck, you know, with um, like in person, I guess. And I think that had to do with just schedules and like being busy. Um, she recently was divorced and, um, you know, she was trying online dating and it was just a mess. It was a nightmare because ultimately what ended up happening was she did fall in love with someone and the person was just taking a whole lot of money from her. Um, I don't really remember all the details of like how she was sending it or why she was sending it. I think he was saying that he wasn't on his feet, like he was going through a rough patch and she was sending him money. But in all reality, he was scamming her. Um, I don't even know if they ever really met in person. I think they might have, but when she did, I don't know if he looked like how he said he did. Like, it was just a mess. It was a nightmare. And really the guy was just scamming her. Like, I think he even tried to get her to open up a credit card. Um, and it's just, it's sad. It's really sad because I think everyone is just searching for this idea of something like a relationship, love, whatever, what have you. And there's just a lot of people who are not willing to be transparent and be authentic about that. And they don't care who they hurt. I think it's not that. I think that since we know that a lot of people are out there searching for an idea, we have a lot of people out there trying to sell the idea we're searching for. So I feel like they're trying to give you, they're trying to give you what you want when you when they know that you might not want what you got to give them. But my thing is, give me that option. Give me that opportunity. Cause I might like your bum ass. <laughs> I might be able to work out with you, you know? Exactly. It's like they're taking a choice from you. That's what I think is unfair because the power element is like they just want the power and they're removing that idea of you having a say in what's going on because they're just being dishonest. Like they're not being honest with you. It's unfair. Like it's and I'm just happy that in both situations that you guys made that conscious decision to be like, well, this is it. Like I'm done with it. Because there are people who still would continue on and kind of be going with that back and forth, uh, and it's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So, I just think with like it, it takes being able to like one, of course, like recognize the lie and dishonesty. But it's like once you see through somebody's manipulation, because that that that's a part of it too. When people lie, when people do shit the way that the way that they do it, there's there's a manipulation that comes with that. Like Bevan and you said, it's people who don't make the conscious choice to not be manipulated by the way and the version of someone or a version of who they present themselves to be, you know, makes them feel and whatnot. Like, I think in that situation for me, when I really took a step back and like broke away from, you know, the fabricated version of both of those situations, like I had to make a conscious choice for myself and be like, you know what, like, 
even though you know you are these things like i can still make the choice to walk away and not deal with it and see through the bullshit like i'm talking to this uh not talking that's a strong word i don't use that word these days this person is trying to converse with me (laughs) he's trying to exchange words with me so he's chatting he's chatting to me talking to me about oh you know I'm the type of guy where I take charge, you know, I'm, I'm, I take charge when I play my game. I want you to slurp on me while I play my game, this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm daddy. And I was like, well, let me, let me, let me just, let me just stop you right here <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Sounds very power, power violence. <laughs> it's not, it's not giving that. Okay. It's not giving that. But like I broke it down to him because he, one thing he said to me was he's like you're you seem like you're just somebody that can see through bullshit, and I was like, well, I said, well, if we're being frank about the conversation that you're trying to have with me, and I said I feel like I'm at this point with people, whereas like you're gonna get the actual version, and I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything with people anymore. I'm like, it's not the fact that like I don't like to be you know, I like to be controlled or whatever. I said it's it's just like I just see bullshit, and I said frankly, I said. If we're gonna address the bullshit, I think you're, what you're saying to me is bullshit. And he he was shocked at how I said that. He's like, you know, I've never gotten direct feedback. What I'm saying, I was like, because you're here, you are. You don't know me, right? You're using the same tricks that you've used to talk to other people, other men, and it's just like you don't know me at all. So it's like you saying all these things, like, oh, you know, you know, you're I'm gonna be daddy, this is that, and third. Like, my nigga, you don't know me. So it's like, why are you putting time and energy? into creating this version of yourself that you think is gonna lure me in to like you when nigga you this the shit that you're saying to me is not vibing with me you're talking about you know are you gonna be doing this to me when in reality the likelihood of you like most times often if you have the voice you want to you know you want to plow whatever like nine times out of ten it's usually you that gets plowed Oh my god! And like that's this episode gonna need an MA rating. <laughs> <laughs> but without without the explicit details, <laughs> without the explicit details, the point that I'm trying to hit home at is like it takes being able to um, see through people's manipulations, be able to walk away from certain shit. Not everybody can see through a person's veil and be able to make the choice to walk away. So it really takes being able to have ownership of yourself and just independence of yourself to be able to walk away and say, you know what? This nigga is a lying ass, human ass nigga and I don't got time for the bullshit or this nigga is his whole facade. I ain't vibing with it. I think it just, it takes the experience too because I could hear everybody's experience about, oh, this scammer is that. Sometimes they kind of glorify that. Like, oh, bitch, I got me a scammer. I'm getting this, I'm getting that and all the jewels and all whatever. But I feel like actually experiencing a scammer and not even a successful one because bitch, where are my jewels? Where are my Gucci A? I didn't get none of that. So I'm just sitting here like experiencing it, seeing how they move and how they think and the stuff that they do. It's like, that made me kind of be a little bit more cautious. Wait, weren't you promised Gucci socks though? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And, what? and what's crazy is that. I remember that. Look a picture. Remember he sent me the picture. Of the <laughs> he sent me the picture of the Gucci socks, like, and never got them. And I'm just like, did you just buy them to take a picture to return them? Were they a gift to you from probably somebody else you were scamming? Like, I don't get it. There was a lot of stuff I didn't get, and uh, <laughs> it took closure in that situation and experience for me to realize, okay, I didn't get it because there were lies. That's why I didn't get it, man. You know, so I still feel like you you, you should have got something out of it. Like they they glorify the scammers in, in these damn songs. Well, what I can say is, I mean, after the whole situation with Puerto Rico or whatever, he did pay me the first. I, we broke the installments up into four, and he paid me two before I ended things. And I almost didn't want to end things, so I got my other two. But I was like, you know what, I'm, I can't prolong this. You paid half the amount, which would have been to cover yourself for that trip. I'll just, you know, eat the rest, which would have been my half, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So we just chunked it up like that. And I'm glad you mentioned that, because I was going to actually ask when you were expecting to be paid, were you expecting to be paid the full thing, or were you expecting to be paid sure. half? Well, 
mind you, I am very, I'm not like gullible or anything like that. And I'm very understanding, I'd be nice or whatever, but it, it'd be a real quick little switch. <laughs> so when he saw that, he was paying me my installments. <laughs> like, he was, his installments was coming through. <laughs> so, because bitch, I know where you and your sister stay. But, you know, <laughs> my installments. <laughs> so I feel like if I would have, you know, kept it going, he probably would have paid me in full because he was actively, and mind you, you know how you say he was like blowing my phone up during that time? He wouldn't blow my phone up because he was scamming. He was trying to get that money to pay me back. So that's why one of my friends was saying, like, you know, maybe, you know, I should think about it because even though he's a scammer and even though this and that, you could tell that he actually liked you because he wasn't scamming you. He was doing what he had to do to kind of pay you back, all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, oh, that's great. But I mean, I like lying. I can't really work with that. I can't really work with the lying part. And then you're not even a good scammer because now if you were a good scammer and you were actually making money, money, maybe we could work something out. <laughs> but it's a scammer, so it's like, what are we working out? So, uh -huh. mm -hmm. so we um we usually, you know, Bev, you're used to this. We always close each episode with a fun question that uh, I or my fellow co-host post to the group. So in the spirit of reclaiming my time and scam likely, what is some advice that you would offer to viewers who may or may not be encountering similar situations to the ones that you and I have talked about in this episode? What would be some piece of advice you would offer them? My advice would be to not only listen to what the individual is telling you, but fact check, you know, we need to do some background checks, run one. If you need to go ahead and kind of see what friends have to say about them, do that. You know, get some supporting, supporting information, get some, get some details to kind of supplement what they're telling you. Because like you said, you know, with that whole uh, trial period phase, that's when people want to give their best foot forward. And they, and sometimes they're not lying, but they're going to frame it in a way that, you know, kind of boosts them up more. To where somebody might say, oh yeah, I work in the medical field. And you think, oh yeah, doctor, but they're actually like, you know, somebody wheeling in people into the emergency area. And like, it's like, or they security <laughs> at the hospital, you know, whatever, but they work in medical. So it's just like, you kind of just have to kind of hear what they're saying, but then just kind of fact check it, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. Like in the beginning, you probably don't think that you're a little crazy for, you know, being um, skeptic. But there's nothing wrong with being skeptic. There's a problem with being a cynic, you know, where you just think everything is wrong and everybody's wrong. That's the problem. But you can be skeptical, you can question things, you can fact check things. And I wish I did earlier. So, you know, I think that would be my advice. Mm -hmm. I think the advice I would give to people is um, to always trust your intuition. Like I really lean more into like my intuition as of lately, because like normally 10 times out of 10, if you get a gut feeling about something, that's your body trying to tell you that something isn't right. And usually that first feeling is always the right feeling. So definitely always like if you're in those situations, like trust your intuition. But also, like Bevan said, like check the receipts, check, check his friends, check, you know, her job, check if, if the math ain't math and then do your due diligence. But don't sit there and just accept a version that somebody tells you if that version ain't sitting right with your spirit. So definitely, you know, trust your intuition and pull receipts if you need to. Because nine times out of ten, the information is all free, easy to find on that person. <laughs> when they when the person is lying, nine <laughs> times out of ten, that shit will come out <laughs> one way or the other. And people love to talk. So ask some questions. Don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you guys want to add, B and Q? Yeah, with a couple. Tell us, help us all. Help me single folk out. Show us the way. Oh, that's tough because um, <laughs> we didn't like necessarily find each other. So that's kind of like tough. I mean, I feel like for us, I guess the vetting already had happened. So, um, but you still, like you said, do your fact check. Definitely you ask around. You definitely, you know, listen to their friends. Even though sometimes with the whole friend thing, you got to be careful what you do listen to. Because sometimes you'll have those friends who will back the lie. They'll be like, oh yeah. And they'll be like, oh yeah, that's the best person you could ever meet. Knowing that they 
doing doing the stupid shit. So I'll definitely say take everything with a grain of salt and then definitely go with your gut. Your intuition will tell you everything. Um, I would say in my experience, and I wish I could like go back to my younger self because I have been in a, I have been in scenarios where um like the person that I might have been interested in their friends told me straight up like this person isn't for you like the, you could do so much better than this like this is not like you shouldn't be trying to, to deal with this person like they've been like forthcoming in that way uh it was just on me kind of like not listening to them like y'all don't know what y'all talking about like I'm I'm just gonna mind my business and take like you said take it with a grain of salt but really I should not, I should have took the whole salt bottle. Like I shouldn't have been taking a grain of salt because like what they were saying was really true. And I think that, like you said, Bevan, sometimes um, you would think people's loyalty is to the other person, but when people could recognize that you're a good person, sometimes people really will look out. It's not all the time, but there are a few times where people see like, yo, you're really a good person. My friend is going to violate you and I don't want them to do that. So let me just let you know off rip like what's going on here you go here's the facts and what you want to do with that is what you want to do with it but but um you know i've learned from the y'all you guys i always tell my friends that i've lived vicariously through you guys because you've had experiences that i probably will never see um not directly anyway (laughs) and so i just i think for me though like i'm just naturally I would say I'm a closed person. I'm a very closed person, a very private person. So when I meet people, and Quentin says this all the time, he's like, yeah, you do. Like when I first meet people, I don't like them, he says. And then it takes me time to get to like them. And I'd rather be that way than be all up in your face and like super friendly. And then it's like, then you burn me. I'd I'd rather just kind of wait and see like how you move before I just open up myself to you because I don't know. It's scary out there. Like people are scary. So I got a question. Gotta be careful. Yeah. Did, did, did Quentin get that shirt before the the um podcast today, or did he get it for the podcast? No, he had. I this. had this shirt. You yeah. better watch him, girl. <laughs> watch him. <laughs> but no, but no. This shirt, this shirt is in support of um fuck your brand. It's a black owned company in Brooklyn, New York. So they created this shirt. So I bought the shirt. That because Burnett also has on their shirt. So yeah, I do. It's a clothing brand. Back chick, back chick. I'm gonna blow it. <laughs> a lovely, a lovely gem of advice from our beautiful power couple here. They're leading the way for us. But for those people, Ghetto Street that Bevin and I are in, listen closely. Bevin and I have given you two, three, three stories, three stories to be vigilant for and to watch out for. Make sure that you're doing due diligence. Make sure you check those receipts. And then, you know, always ask those questions. Never be afraid to ask those questions and stay safe on these streets, y'all. This has been another episode of Taking Chances Podcast. We out.